Hey, welcome to the Bartender's Perspective. I'm so happy to have you here. Work is done for the day. Pull up a chair, have a seat, I'll pour you a drink, and let's get started. Thank you for joining me in tonight's podcast. I've been doing a three-part podcast series called The Road That We All Take. I've talked about time, destiny, and tonight, I'm concluding this podcast series by talking about the question of free will. I'm going to give some Bible references, philosophical views, and what scientists had to say, you know, some points of view within free will, and then give my final thoughts about the road. So to start, what is free will? It's described as an ability to make choices that are not determined by external factors, fate, or predestination. Our capacity to make decisions based on personal desires and beliefs and thoughts is the cornerstone of human identity. But how does it work? Some argue that free will is an illusion. So as always, I've drawn a lot of my work from the Bible, and as such, it had quite a bit to say about free will. Yeah, there are many other religions that have their own belief system, but I'm going to focus on the Christian Judaic perspective. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He'll not, he'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, in this world, you know, with vast amounts of temptation of every kind, it was written that no matter how tempting or how great the temptation, we're given the understanding, and for some, the comfort of knowing that despite what choice you make, that choice is yours and yours alone of your own free will. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So in this case, God might not agree with your choices, but he loves us enough to be patient and to trust that in time. Despite your own choices, which are yours to make of your own free will, that he will diligently wait for those you know, who want to repent in their own time and due season. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You know, again, as in this instance, it is being held that while you have the free will to act of your own choosing, that it is advised that you do not indulge in the flesh, for even though, in essence, it is best to listen as it is spiritual guidance or direction as to avoid destruction as it has been laid out in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven or the excerpt therein. John chapter seven, seven, verse 17. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teachings come from God or whether I speak on my own. In this particular case, Jesus is addressing the skeptics who wondered where he got his education or experience to be such a knowledgeable teacher, if you will. He goes on to say you know, why you should 
and how will you know? He doesn't tell people that they have to believe, but gives them the choice to believe or not believe. It's about giving you the right to choose. Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. What are the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living? But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. From the context matter presented at hand in the scripture, the question is directly proposed that if you don't like serving the Lord, then you have the choice to believe in another God of your choosing. The decision is completely up to you. So exploring the idea that destiny cannot be changed, we inevitably stumble upon the question of free will. Can we truly make choices that deviate from a predetermined path? Skeptics argue that even our choices might be a part of a grand design, an illusion of free will that keeps us in sync with the predetermined course of our lives. So I got some really cool philosophers and scholars. You know, they had a lot to say on this particular subject matter. So St. Augustine explored the concept of free will versus predestination. He grappled with the tension between free will and predestination in his theological writings. He explored the idea that God's foreknowledge and predestination coexist with human free will, attempting to reconcile divine sovereignty with human choice. Augustine emphasized the importance of God's grace in enabling individuals to choose the path of salvation while acknowledging that God's knowledge extends beyond time. His complex views on this matter significantly influenced later Christian theology. But on the side of free will, philosophers like Thomas Hobbes and Jean-Jacques Rousseau you know, engaged in discussions about individual you know, autonomy and the role of free will in the social contract. Thomas Hobbes, a 17th century philosopher, he leaned towards determinism in his philosophical views. He argued that human actions are determined by the pursuit of self-interest and the avoidance of pain. According to Hobbes, in the state of nature, without a governing authority, life would be solitary, solitary poor, nasty, British, and short. This perspective suggests a deterministic view of human behavior giving emphasis you know, to the role of self-preservation and the absence of genuine free will and the absence of social order. Rousseau, an influential philosopher of the Enlightenment, explored the concept of free will in his work. While he acknowledged external influences on individuals, he emphasized the importance of personal freedom. Rousseau believed that society's structures could restrict free will, but he also recognized the role of individual choices in shaping destiny. His ideas excuse me, contributed to discussions on the balance between societal constraints and personal agency. 
One last one. Emmanuel Kant argued for a middle ground between strict determinism and absolute free will. He believed in moral freedom, asserting that individuals have the capacity to make free, rational choices within the moral realm, even though the physical world operates under deterministic laws. Kant's perspective aimed to reconcile human autonomy with the apparent determinism observed in the natural world. All right. The scientists, they need their turn on this subject matter of free will. It's a bit dry, but definitely, definitely pertinent to what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I won't give too many examples because, I mean, you know, this stuff is dry. Neuroscientists and psychologists, you know, they've conducted extensive research, you know, that suggests that decisions may be significantly influenced by subconscious processes and neural activity, challenging the traditional concept of free will. Yeah, a little into my realm of things. Um, Dr. Benjamin Libet's groundbreaking experiments in the early 1980s, for instance, utilize EEG recordings to identify neural signs preceding conscious awareness of a decision. The results indicated that the brain initiated actions before individuals were consciously aware of deciding to act, implying that subconsciousness processes play a crucial role in shaping our choices. Uh, neuroscientist John Dylan Haynes has involved decoding the brain activity to predict simple decisions seconds before they become conscious. His studies have demonstrated that specific patterns of neural activity can foreshadow a person's intended choice, highlighting the interplay between the conscious and the subconscious realms. Uh, psychologist Daniel Wegner I'd heard about him in school. Uh, through his experiments on thought suppression, proposed the concept of ironic processes of mental control. Wegner argued that attempting to consciously suppress certain thoughts might actually heighten their occurrence. It, it, this indicates the powerful influence of subconscious cognitive processes on our decision-making. In the world of social psychology, uh, studies by Yale psychologist John Bar Barge revealed how subtle cues in the environment can unconsciously influence behavior. Concepts like uh, priming where exposure to specific stimuli can shape subsequent actions you know, without conscious awareness. It further underscores the subconscious factors at play in decision-making. But collectively, you know, these findings, they challenge the traditional notion of free will as an entirely conscious, deliberate process. Instead, they give us a complex picture wherein subconscious processes and complex neural activity shape our decisions, raising deep questions about the true nature of human agency and the extent to which we control our choices. You know, sometimes in the realm of free will and making our own choices, sometimes they can not only lead to judgment, you know, but also blame. You know, look at the legal system. You know, in criminal cases, individuals are often held accountable for their actions, you know, based on the assumption that they had the free will to make choices. If someone commits a crime, 
they may be judged and you know, blamed for their actions. As society expects individuals to exercise their free will responsibly. All right, employment. <laughs> Got to get that paycheck. Got to keep those lights on. <clears throat> In the professional world, you know, employees are given freedom to make decisions within the scope of their responsibilities. If an employee makes a poor choice that negatively impacts the company, they may face judgment you know, and blame for their colleagues you know, and superiors. Oh, God, it's the world of relationships. Individuals often have the autonomy to make choices about their behavior and interactions. If someone makes a decision that hurts or betrays another person, in that relationship, they may be judged and blamed for the consequences of their actions. Oh, goodness gracious. Got to get that Roth IRA. Got to build that million-dollar company. People have the freedom to make financial choices, you know, such as investments or spending habits. If an individual makes poor financial decisions, leading to significant losses, you know, they may face judgment and blame for their perceived lack of responsibility. Health choices. Something as simple as that. You know, personal health is often a matter of individual choice, such as diet and exercise. If someone neglects their health and faces negative consequences, you know, they may be judged and, and blamed, you know, and just stared at for not taking better care of themselves. Uh, education. You know, I work with a young lady who is a school teacher, and <clears throat> this applies to her so much. You know, and you know, her students and whatnot. Students, you know, they have the freedom to make choices regarding their education, such as studying habits and attendance. If a student performs poorly in exams due to their choices, you know, they might be judged harshly and and someone they're gonna have to find blame somewhere for not taking their education seriously. So overall, these examples they highlight situations where the exercise of free will can lead to judgment and blame. You know, when those choices have perceived negative consequences. But now let's imagine someone who believes in their ability to make choices and shape their destiny. There's people out there. We don't really have to imagine. But anyways, this belief in free will empowers them to take control of their actions. As a result, you know, they might set goals, you know, work hard to achieve them, feel a sense of accountability, you know, for their successes. You know, in the pursuit of careers, individuals exercising free will can choose their own career paths, set goals, work diligently toward achieving professional success. You know, they take ownership of their choices, you know, paving the way for personal and financial growth. You know, educational endeavors, again, students with free will can decide to pursue higher education, select their areas of study, and strive, you know, to be as you know, best they can be, be all that you can be, and, you know, academia. This develops a sense of responsibility for their learning, you know, their learning outcomes entrepreneurship running your own business 70 hours a day lots of stress but you know what in the end you work for yourself anyways entrepreneurs they leverage free will to initiate you know, and develop their own businesses you know they set you know clear objectives work persistently to overcome the challenges and bear accountability for both the triumphs and the setbacks of their ventures yeah 
personal relationships, you know, I've covered it, but I mean, you know, the positive side, people exercising free will in relationships, you know, can set goals for personal growth, you know, to communicate effectively, you know, contribute to the success of that partnership. You know, this, again, creates accountability for the dynamics, you know, within that relationship. In the world of, of art, you know, and creativity, Artists and creatives use their free will to explore their unique visions, set ambitious artistic goals, and dedicate themselves to the creative process. This allows for responsibility in expressing their creativity, which is so true. You know, getting involved in the community, y'all. Getting out there and scooping some soup into the bowls for the homeless or picking up trash on the side of the highway, whatever it is you want to do. Individuals can choose to engage with their communities, you know, taking on leadership roles, working towards positive change. Free will, you know, it, it enables them to contribute meaningful, meaningfully and be accountable for the impact of their efforts. You know, you want to get ready again for retirement, financial, you know, in financial management, people exercising free will, you know, in major financial decisions, you know, they can set savings or investment goals. Working hard to build wealth, you know, take responsibility for their financial successes, you know, and setbacks. So, in each of these examples, the exercise of free will you know, it empowers individuals to shape their destinies, working towards their objective objectives, and accept accountability for the outcomes of their endeavors. So as we begin to wrap up this episode, I hope that on this journey that we took together, that you as my listeners will give, you know, give some thought or a lot of thought into the series as I have laid out before you. Within our existence, time, the unstoppable force rages on with an inevitability that will never stop and it will go on and on long after we are gone or until perhaps some force greater than us brings it to an end but as for destiny as I've given my perspective as unchangeable we're confronted with the realization that certain aspects of our lives may be predetermined set in motion long before each and every person's life began you know began But in the end, the power of free will emerges, giving us hope, bringing us peace and fulfillment, and helping us travel that road with the ability to shape an unchangeable destiny. As part of this journey, free will also means, you know, with participation, you know, and pondering the endless possibilities that rise from our right to choose. It helps us mold our lives and harmony on the road of time and destiny. So how do I know that all of this will take place or or if it's even the case? The answer is, I don't know. know. This is only my perspective. It is part of my ongoing efforts to see the world for what it is and not what people perceive. It is with a sober mind that I was shown and I've seen this road in our daily lives. I see it in everybody. 
But in any event, I hope the takeaway from this, irregardless of what you believe or don't believe, everyone will journey on the road we all take. And we will travel that road until such time as we get to wherever it is that we are going. But if you like my podcast, please, please, please feel free to tell these three people about my podcast if you think they'll get something out of it. Now, this will help me continue to get my message out there to more people. And if you want to support the show and help continue to grow, please feel free to go to my website and you'll leave me a tip in the digital tip jar. And unless you want another drink, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, y'all, thank you for stopping in. Here's your check. My regular podcast hours are as always every Sunday night at 7 p.m. So you can come back and see me then. Have a great night.